0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study on Wednesday nights. It's posted every Wednesday night at 630, which is the time when our congregation, the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, comes together to meet at the building and open up God's Word and study in and, and a little bit deeper in all of our classes. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person. We uh, would welcome you. We would like to get to know you, let you get to know us. Come and study with us, grow spiritually with us, worship God with us, grow in faith with us. Now, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha. And Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together for another period of Bible study and worship at six o'clock each Sunday evening. And then, as I said, on Wednesday evenings, 6.30 each Wednesday evening, we come together for our midweek Bible classes. You are welcome to any and all of these services. And we encourage you to take advantage of that. Now, at the same time, we know that there are people even in the Omaha area, who are not able to be with us for different reasons, physical problems, health reasons, some other handicaps that they might be you know, struggling with in their lives. And there are also people who listen and want to study God's Word all across the country and literally around the world. So we're thankful to have the opportunity, the ability, and the means to be able to put God's Word out on the internet by means of these podcasts to help people get into God's Word and study wherever they might be. And what a blessing we have to have the internet and to be able, through podcasts, to be able to teach God's Word literally all around the world wherever people have access to the internet. So we're thankful you're there, wherever you might be as you're listening today. We want to encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Tell everybody you can to do so. When you sign up for our podcasting, and by the way, it is free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and we have a daily radio program, Search the Scriptures, five days a week, Monday through Friday. That will automatically go to your smart device as well, whether that's your smartphone or whatever one you choose. But then there is also a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day that we call today's Bible class. Now, all of that will automatically go to your smart device. Again, whichever one you choose, and it will always be free. We encourage you also to share these studies with everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But when you share with everybody you can, you may actually help somebody grow in their faith turn their life around, and ultimately get to heaven, what a great blessing for them. But it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our study from 1 John, and we're going to be looking at chapter 4, and once again, we're going to emphasize the first few verses in chapter 4, because What they're trying to get across, what John is trying to get across to the readers is so important to each one of us on an individual basis. We want to get to heaven. We don't want to get sidetracked. We don't want somebody to tell us, well, this is the way you can go to get there. You can take this detour over here, but it leads us somewhere other than heaven. And of course, the only other alternative is hell, eternal condemnation in hell. Well, we certainly don't want to end up there. But you see, what just as when we're maybe taking a trip, driving in a car, and we're wanting to get from wherever we're starting, wherever our home base is, to another particular destination, we know that we have to follow the roadmap. Now, maybe the roadmap is in our mind, but we know we have to follow the route that's going to get us there. We can't just get in the car, start it up, and then head off in any old direction because, most any old direction will not get us to the destination that we ultimately want to get to. So we know we have to follow the route. Well, that, that principle is even more important when it comes to getting to heaven. We don't want somebody to tell us, yeah, you can go this way. You can take this detour. You can take this alternate route. No, that's not going to get us there. A lot of people think, and they actually express this verbally, we're all going to heaven, we're just taking different directions. Well, <laughs> that doesn't work on a road trip. Why do you think it's going to work on our most important spiritual road trip, getting to heaven? If you start out, you want to head west from wherever you live right now, or wherever you are right now, you want to, de- you want to get to a destination out west, you're going to have to travel west. You start traveling east, you're never going to get there. South, Not gonna make it. You go north? Uh uh. Well why why would people think that it does not matter which road we take to get to eternal life in heaven? Eternal life. Why do they think we can just all go in different directions and somehow ultimately mind boggling thought end up in the same place? Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus talked about only two pathways through life. He said, the one that will get us to eternal life in heaven is straight and narrow. Well, because it's the pathway of truth. He said, the other, the other route that we can take through life is broad and wide, but it ends up in eternal condemnation in hell. And those are the only two ways to go through life. Why would people think we can go in all kinds of alternate directions and somehow end up in heaven? Does not make any sense. The principle does not apply in any other area of our life. So we need to open our eyes. We need to get real in our thinking, and we need to pay attention to how we're living our lives on a spiritual basis before God. God has given us his word to guide us. Remember 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, Paul is reminding young Timothy that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The scriptures, God gave us the scriptures to guide us. Well, here in 1 John chapter 4, John warns about false teachers, And so in verse 1, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And then he says something, and we spent some time looking at this last time, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Well, let's look at verses 1 and 2 first. Now, first he says, Test every spirit. Now, he's not talking about some still voice in the night that speaks to you out of the spiritual realm. He's talking about somebody who's teaching you supposedly the way to heaven, the way to eternal life, the way to be faithful to God. He says, you test, that, the, you test those spirits because false teachers are out there. And, many, and in many cases, they're false teachers who don't realize they're false teachers. Now, there are some false teachers who are just outright frauds. They're charlatans. They know it, basically, but they're trying to get a following and get a lot of money donated to them and so on. But then there are others who sincerely believe what they're teaching, but they're not understanding the teaching of God's Word correctly. And so even though they're sincere, they're still in error. They're still false teachers. So John says, Whenever somebody tries to tell you something about how to follow God faithfully and obediently, you test that person. You test what that person is saying. Now, how do we do that? How do we test the spirits? How do we test the false teachers? Through the word of God. What did the apostle Paul say in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15? Study or be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to know God's word. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, Deuteronomy chapter 13, we read these first four verses there, and it it talks to us about this principle. And Moses is actually instructing, cautioning, warning the people of Israel at this time before they enter into the promised land. And so he says in verse one of Deuteronomy chapter 14, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer, now now what did John say? There are many false prophets that have gone into the world. Well, that reality and that problem has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Moses says to the people of Israel if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you saying let us go after let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or, or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. Well, there are a whole lot of false teachers out there who are pretty persuasive in what they try to get people to believe. They can be charismatic in their appearance, in their conversation, in their teaching. They can come across appearing to really be teaching the truth, like they really know what they're talking about. But all the time, they're false teachers. And so Moses is warning the people, now, don't listen Don't listen to anybody who tells you to go after other gods. In that case, he's talking about don't listen to anybody who tries to convince you that you ought to be worshiping idols, because that is in contradiction to following God faithfully. In fact, it's in contradiction to the very first of the commandments in the original Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. But the principle goes on, it's broader than that. Don't listen to anybody who tries to teach you, tries to get you to follow a course in life from a spiritual perspective that contradicts anything that God, that his word teaches you. Just say true to his word. Now, we come to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 22. And here Moses is much more direct. He says, "When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken in uh, has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him." Now there are a whole lot of people who are out there proclaiming to be teachers of God, of of His Word. Uh, kind of representatives of God himself through their teaching. But now Moses says, and and here's the principle is the same for us today. If there's a false teacher out there, if he says something and even claims to be teaching it in the name of the Lord, if what he is prophesying does not come to pass, don't believe him. Don't believe him. Going back to chapter 13, if somebody teaches you something that contradicts God's word, don't believe them. Don't pay attention to what they're trying to teach you. And this is exactly what Paul was getting across, or at least trying to get across, to the churches of Galatia in Galatians chapter 1. He went into very pointed and and somewhat detailed rebuke and instruction here because they had already, some of them at least, been taken in by false teachers at least to some degree. And so in verse 6 of Galatians chapter 1, Paul said, I marvel, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And then he said, which is not another. Somebody's teaching you something that contradicts the true gospel of Christ. And there is no other gospel, he's saying, and we've made this point, when somebody changes God's Word, it's no longer God's Word, it's their Word. Well, they're only altering it a little bit, they're only trying to, to, you know, just kind of condition it in a way that if it contradicts God's Word, it's not God's Word any longer, it's their Word. And so Paul is saying some, some false teachers have come and they've been teaching you a different gospel, and that's not the gospel. There are some who trouble you and want to pervert or twist. They want to change the gospel of Christ. And then he issues this very pointed instruction. Even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone, anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. You see, we cannot change God's word. John the apostle also was the penman for the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament. And as you come to almost the very last verses in that particular writing. Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19, he said, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things... God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. We do not have the authority and we do not have permission from God to change his word one iota. We cannot change God's word at all. Once we change it, it's no longer God's word. It's our word now, and we're not God. So we need to recognize that. The Apostle Paul warned in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that we need to stay true to God's word he wrote to Timothy, and he said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and in his, in his kingdom. Preach the word. What word? God's word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, that is true teaching. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. We see that in its reality all around us today, all around us today. Now, how many times perhaps have you visited some particular denominational church, and you looked up on the now it should be considered to be the podium but you might call it a stage and boy did they ever put on a show for you was that worship you know i recognize a show when i see it entertainment but you see people have they've they've changed what the scriptures teach about worship and they've turned it into something that pleases them that looks attractive that is entertaining And, boy, you have choreographed stage performances, rehearsed ahead of time, stage lighting. It's a show. Has your church changed into a show? You see, we have to be careful what we believe, what we preach, what we teach, what we practice. We are not the ones that should be looking for entertainment or to be entertained when we come together to worship God. We are the worshipers. We're to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, Colossians 3 and verse 16, we should not expect some chorus or choir or some trained trained musicians and singers to sing for us to perform for us and make us feel good as we sit there and take it all in. And boy, we've really enjoyed that show. No, we are to be worshiping God. Each one of us, we are to take part in the worship, and we are to give God the glory. He is the one who is listening and watching. He is the one being worshiped. We are the ones who are supposed to be active in our worship, and our worship cannot be done for us as we sit and watch and observe and let somebody else do the worshiping for us, or at least call it that. No, John again says, test the spirits. If they're teaching something that does not conform to God's word, reject it, don't listen to it, walk away from it. In fact, in his second letter, Second John, only one short chapter there, Verse 9, he says, whoever transgresses, whoever transgresses misses the mark, goes beyond what the scriptures teach, and does not abide in the doctrine of the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever goes beyond what the scriptures teach, they go beyond the teaching of Christ, they don't have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. We need to be careful what we listen to and what we take in. John goes on in verse 10 of Second John, and he says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, this teaching, the true teaching of Christ, and that would certainly include all the teachings by Christ as well, John says, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. You see, again, You can't get to your desired designation by going any old way. You have to go the right way. Don't expect to be able to get to heaven by going any old way. You have to go God's way, the way he has laid out for us in his word. Now, let me also focus on verse 2 of 1 John chapter 4. By this you know the Spirit of God every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Now, first, somebody who denies Christ has come as the Son of God, as the Messiah, the Savior, he said, what there in verse 2? He is not of God. That's verse 3, is not of God. So what does that do to our Jewish friends? And I know that we're being told in our country today, in our cultural mindset, be tolerant, accept everybody, just love everybody, everybody who says they believe in God, it's okay. John says, no, it's not okay. Now, we should love everybody. The scriptures teach us that with a godly love. But, you know, loving somebody does not necessarily mean excusing their misbehavior or their false teaching. And so, Our Jewish friends who say, Jesus Christ, Jesus, who came, and I should say they would probably say Jesus, because they would not accept him as being the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. There was a man named Jesus. History tells us that. You can't deny us that. I can't deny that. There are millions and millions of followers to this day of Jesus in the world, so you can't deny that he ever existed upon the face of this earth. But our Jewish friends would say he's not—he's not the Son of God. He's not of Christ. Uh, he's not the Christ. He's not the Messiah. He's not the Savior. So, what does John say here? Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Now, that's not being mean-spirited. That's simply being true to God's word. What about our, our, our Muslim friends and our Buddhist friends and those who are practices of Shinto and, and all the other religious persuasions that, <clears throat> or religious philosophies that do not believe in Jesus as being the Son of God sent from heaven, the Savior, the the Old Testament prophesied Messiah. John says, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. But then he goes on and says something that's perhaps even more pointed. He says, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world the spirit of the Antichrist. John says that the Antichrist was already in the world. In fact, if you go back to chapter 2 in verse 18 and chapter 2 in verse 22, he said there were many Antichrists already in the world in his day, almost 2,000 years ago. So what is the Antichrist? Somebody who denies Christ. Somebody who is a false teacher and does not, and teaches that Jesus was not and is not the Son of God, the Savior of mankind, the only Savior, and the Old Testament prophesied Messiah come in the flesh. Now, do we believe God's Word? You see, truth is truth again. It does not matter how many millions or billions of people believe something else if it's not the truth, it's not the truth. It's false teaching. It does not matter how many few people believe the truth. It is still the truth. Truth is not up for popular opinion to validate it as being the truth. It's the truth whether anybody believes it or not. And we could look at all kinds of examples of that going back through history. People used to believe, by and large, in fact, almost exclusively, that the world was flat. The earth was flat. And that was false. It did not matter that virtually everybody in the world, or at least the vast majority of them, believed the earth was flat. That was wrong. The earth was always round. Truth was truth, whether anybody believed it or not. And when it comes to God's word and his will for our lives, we need to be even more acutely tuned in to his truth. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John 8 and verse 32. We'll move on from here next time. Pick up with verse 4. Let's pray. Father, Help us to recognize that we cannot give too much attention, and by that we cannot overemphasize we need the importance of truth. We need to stay in the truth of your word. People need to understand that it is the truth of your word that sets us us apart, sanctifies us, as we believe it and obey it and live by it, and that we need to help people see that reality and help people come to recognize and openly admit you can't just follow you any old way and still be true to your word and your will. We have to follow you your way. Help us to be great examples of that principle, Father, we pray. Guide us in this and help us to stay strong in the truth of your word. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.